Club podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge variety of Destiel fan fiction. And in this episode, um, we're going to take a look at some alternate universes where Dean and Cass are a witch and familiar pair. Some of them where Dean is a witch and some of them where Cass is a witch. We'll mix it up a little bit. And to discuss the Leviathans series and obviously chatter about all of the rest of the stories with us as well, uh, we would like to welcome author Nicole Keep. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Hi. Welcome. How would you like to be addressed today? Is just is Nicole okay? Nicole is perfect. Excellent. Awesome. So, as well as the um, Leviathan series, we're also going to talk about um, Mail Order Familiar by. Amethyst Staris and Blue Masquerade and also um, Familiar Man by Bending Signpost and as always uh, links to all of the fics that we're going to be talking about today uh, will be available in the episodes post on mixtakebookclub.com and included in our collection on AO3 so and our collection is growing yeah I opened up our collection when was it last last friday i can't remember last time i added, last time i added things to it so yeah it would have been last friday and um it's quite big now <laughs> i was quite proud of it so, oh yeah yeah well it's getting, we, we getting had, quite chunky these days yeah you know three or four fixed to it each time so i guess <laughs> yeah. it must be pretty big brilliant it's quite a nice collection actually because it's got like a bunch of like big fix in it that are like you know well-known like classic ones but it's also got like tons of like little tiny fix that like people haven't necessarily like heard of or like there's just like such a big range of stuff in there so it's actually quite fun to just go through it so, anyway <laughs> off topic already let's 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 reel, reel me back in okay that's okay all right so witches and familiars um i guess in the actual show like in supernatural itself we have such a range of different kind of witch tropes <laughs> themselves like some of them are really evil and some of them are start off evil and become good like Rowena and um we I think we actually do have some good witches like witches who use their magic for good right trying to think yeah um because there was uh I would say Max and Alicia were probably I would say pretty good yeah they were hunters right yeah Max is a witch Alicia's a hunter and their mother Tasha is a witch and I would definitely characterize them as good guys. So, yeah. Um, we see some get their powers from, like, demons or, you know, dark magic and whatever. So there's a, a really wide range of um, lore associated with them in the actual show. Um, unfortunately, the only actual witch familiar episode that there was in the show was um, 8.15, which is Man's Best Friends with Benefits. Um, which has got a mixed kind of um, reaction from everyone because, you know, it's a, a, a woman who transforms into a dog. She wears a collar. It's a little bit, you know, it's not. Yeah, not. So such a nice kind of representation. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But, one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where you just sort of cringe and go, oh, okay, let's just move on from that one. Yeah. But. Um, but it does show that, you know, the familiars are, um, they're used for, you know, focusing the witch's power and that kind of thing. So um, I guess. Yeah. We... They exist within the universe. And then yeah. we can move on from that. 
Definitely. So, um, so we've got like a, a, a variety of different picks today where we've tried to pick somewhere, um, you know, Cass is a witch and Dean's the familiar. Um, in most cases, they seem, most of these picks, they seem to be the familiar parts. It seems to be like a shifter type, like an animal shifter. That's the, probably the most common lore in general, not just from Supernatural, though. Yeah, so some, in some stories in like that aren't fanfic, the a familiar is like a just an animal all the time, right? So like a black cat or whatever, or crows or... But yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a human form when you're writing erotic fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get stuck straight in then. Um, we'll start off with the Leviathan series by Nicole Keep. This has um, got three parts to it. Um, so total um, tw- like 19,000 words altogether, but three separate parts. It was published in 2020 and it is rated explicit. Um, and Nicole, would you mind reading us the um, summary? Um, Barrow, Alaska has come to be known as the top of the world. Uh, people come from far and wide to say that they've been as far north as possible without going to the North Pole. Barrow only has one major law that's strictly enforced. Don't be outside after the sun goes down. Cass has lived here his whole life and now runs the Raven's Nest, a bar and gathering place for his neighbors. On the last day before the town plummets into darkness for nearly two months, a stranger arrives in his bar and is unable to find shelter before night falls. When Cass lets the man stay, things start to change and despite the dark there may be a new light um so this you this was part originally part of your uh of your story time series on for profound bond could you could you tell us a little bit about how that worked and um yeah how so this story came to be familiar i guess explain to people what story time is <laughs> um so for those um, who aren't familiar the profound bond Discord server has a story time channel where people can hop in and um, tell stories live. And um, on a dare, because the very first story that happened was a dare, um, I told a story live. has nothing to do with the topic at hand, but it's what started it. And then I did another story the following week, and I did another story for three weeks in a row. And then I'm like, I wonder if I can do this for a year. And so every Monday for 52 weeks I told a story live on the Profound Bond Discord store server. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe that I did it. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool achievement, honestly, to say that yeah, that you were able to do that. So, And I, I still, I haven't done one in a while, but I did a few more after the original 52, and once you know, life gets back to a little bit of a more normal status. Um, I do have plans to do some more. Uh, it just, you know, life's been pretty hectic the past, you know, almost two years now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little, it's been a little weird. So, yeah. <clears throat> so the Leviathan series, um, it didn't actually have a prompt that went with it. Most of the story time stories are a prompt that somebody dropped in the server. Uh, in the prompt channel that's there, um, either brought to me directly, or there's a couple where I was contacted on Twitter. Um, the Leviathan series actually just came out of being stuck in quarantine and being frustrated with the whole situation. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because there's a, 
a really kind of cool sense oh, I, I, cool might be the wrong word it was cool to read um mm-hmm. but there's a definite sense of like geographical isolation in this from the location of barrow obviously which was obviously intentional from the way that you wrote it um and is actually a key component of the plot in the story um and so i was wondering like how much of that was related to what was kind of happening in the world at the time because i noticed that it was written in march 2020 so i was like yeah (laughs) that surely that played into it somehow so yeah and the whole reason it it was actually only supposed to be one story um but i found that i couldn't wrap the very first one up properly and so i'm like all right well i'll just make this into two stories because i had done that before with a different set of stories that i couldn't wrap up in one week and then when I finished the second one, I'm like, um, I'm not done. However, I need a break because it was getting a little dark for me. And not because I don't usually write, mm-hmm. like, I love dystopian themes. I love dark themes and whatnot when I write. Um, but it was getting a little almost depressing for me. I didn't want to do it three weeks in a row. So I did a story time in between them. And then I finished it up. Um, stories are actually in the series. They're number 37, 38, and 40. That was actually kind of one of the reasons why I thought this one would be an interesting one to do and to discuss story time kind of through the lens of this one Um, because people can see that there are actually several where there's more than one connected story within story time like pretty much everything within story time I've seen um, you could pretty much read as a standalone Mm -hmm. Um, but you do have these connected thread kind of stories where if you want the overall plot then you have the works within the story time series which mm-hmm. it's just pretty cool it's it's just a kind of unique thing within the fandom really which the last six of the series yeah. also kind of dabble in while technically not a familiar um dean is a witch in that one and Cass is a werewolf and they have that profound bond that builds off of one each one another and boost, boosts their magic so it's a I love the theme of I mean, to me it, their profound bond just makes sense to have that familiar connection between them to make them witch and familiar or in the case of like I said the last series uh, I guess witch and werewolf but they just had that bond yeah. that pulls them together and tugs at them yeah yeah I think that's why these stories work so well, really, isn't it? Because this, it it mirrors that profound bond that we're so used to. And I always think it's just a little bit fun to do, just because, you know, we we hear so much in the show about how much Dean hates witches. Oh, so yeah. it's just like something fun <laughs> about either making him one or making him date one, one or the other. Oh yeah. <laughs> like... Yes. I love fix where it ends up. Um it's slightly off topic but there is a Cass is a hedge witch and I think it's actually called the hedge witch Cass is the witch and Dean ends up in his care and he's like oh I guess not all witches are bad and like his Sam and I think their dad comes down and tries to tear apart the world and it turns out Gabriel's there and Gabriel's actually Archangel Gabriel and everything just playing around with the whole witch trope is amazing when it comes to Dean Yeah, so I guess we should, like, um, describe what actually happens in this yeah, so We should probably talk about the story a little bit. <laughs> we, we but... Yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, Dean comes into 
this town um, and gets sort of stuck with, with Cass in his place, um, in his bar, because they need to be locked up for, um, I think it's a whole month, right? While the, while it's dark. Um, so it's because yep, it, it's uh, it's two months. I actually did a little bit of research before months. I went into this. It's two months total, but in halfway through, um, there's about several hours of light where the town comes okay. together. And I think that's actually in the second fic when that happens. Yep. So I guess they're all locked down in the in the meantime while these Leviathan are like shuffling past outside in the dark, which I think is amazing. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, um, almost a metaphor for COVID anyway, like be, being locked up while the virus, like, you, you know, that around that time, the March, April kind of time last in last year where we were all just didn't know what was going on out yeah. there while we were stuck at home. So um, it's definitely got that kind of, quarantine feeling to it i thought yeah it was yeah. again it was just i was feeling like i'm i'm a homebody anyway but having that isolation on top of it where even if i wanted to go out i couldn't yeah and i yeah, know everybody thing, was like, feeling that the difference between being able to go out whenever you want to and choosing not to mm-hmm. and just not being able to yeah it's yes just psychologically it's a huge difference i think I also kind of thought in this one uh, with the Leviathan being able to be stopped by a wall and, um, you know, they built sort of fortifications for the town and stuff. It almost had a little bit of a, you know, down to Agincourt kind of a a frontier town kind of feel to it, which I um, liked. I appreciated. Um, Yeah, I liked how they all came together and um, came up with their plan. I appreciated the game of thrones kind of reference joking about the wall as well i did yeah a lot of we're not the north with some pop culture references yeah like it had to be done i think yeah so so barrow is an actual (laughs) town oh is it yeah um Um, it's not called barrow anymore educate us nickel go for it (laughs) um i would have to look it up real quick but the town was so it was a native american town that was claimed by settlers and they called it Barrow. And then mm-hmm. uh, within the, I think the, like the past five or six years, and I didn't actually realize this until after I was like halfway through, um, they reclaimed the name and took and renamed Barrow back to the original Native American name. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. That is cool. And there's several, so anytime that you see a town name in the fic, it's an actual town or an actual place awesome. and they're yeah. all the north they're the northernmost points on the globe that is cool. very awesome i have this strange fascination with things that are like that far north which i developed i mean it was years ago now um i ended up doing some beta editing um work to help with um, it was a DCBB fic for um, Northern Sparrow that she did, which was, ooh, what was it called? Under the Midnight Sun, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and obviously that is based very, very far north. And through the just the process of, like, betering that story, I just became, like, increasingly curious and obsessed with things being that far north and the whole, like, Midnight Sun idea. Um, and ever since then, I've just, like, 
been oddly fascinated with it, which is definitely what drew me to this story over your other um, familiar story, which we will definitely talk about in a second. Um, just because the entire concept of that is like, I don't know, so kind of fascinating and eerie. And it's definitely one of those things that's like on my bucket list for my life at some point is to, you know, in some magical world where, you know, we can travel again and I'm a millionaire and can leave my house. Um, <laughs> just where I, I want no, to go that, and experience that. fantasy that. world. Yeah. Gosh. I used to have such higher standards for my fantasy world, but, you know, they've, they've, they've been increasingly coming down the past couple of years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now just, you know, a little bit of money and like, being able to leave my house, I'll be good. But, um, yeah. No, that's definitely one of the things that's up there is being able to, like, experience that, the whole, like, eternal night thing for some reason. I definitely wouldn't like to live there. I'm one of those people that would not be able to cope with that very well. I think I would get very depressed very fast. Um yeah because i just doesn't take much honestly (laughs) so i just don't think don't think that'd be good for me but i would just like to experience it i think i I think it would be fun to experience at least once yeah yeah so when i saw that that concept was being used in a fic i was very entertained i also really loved that the impression personally that i got of the leviathan in this one um Obviously, when we hear Leviathan for Supernatural, we have something in our heads already from the show that we know of. Dick but Carmen. in this one, yeah, in this one, I had much more of like a kind of Lovecraftian Leviathan thing going on in my head. Um, yes. Which to me is awesome. There were tentacles I, involved. Yeah, I yeah. love that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, the man himself, I would kind of just like to erase from existence. But if I could keep everything that he created and just kind of do it in a slightly different way, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very pleased with that. Um, I really enjoy that interpretation of Leviathan. It's pretty awesome. I I guess, like you said, when we hear Leviathan in Supernatural, again, Dick Roman, we know that they have that hive mind thing, and you know Dick was at the top of it, and then he had a sub. He could be like, "Bib yourself, go eat yourself," which I always thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I also come from other fandoms yeah. where we have leviathans in the lore, and it's like when I hear leviathan, I also think of this tentacly creature. So I'm like, how can I make my worlds overlap? Kind of makes you wonder what or at least to me, makes me wonder what the Leviathan in Supernatural look like to Cass. Because obviously we see them as, like, humanoid-ish people who are, you know, in vessels, kind of like angels. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just makes me wonder what they look like to him. Or to a demon, or, you know, someone else who doesn't necessarily see things. Like, I'm probably a weird one, but the Leviathans are probably, like, my favorite overall arc bad guys. I mean, me too. I've had that stupid Leviathan cast like Avatar for like the past half a decade for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just something about them is. Could there have been more? Absolutely. But even that little bit of the service that we scratched at, it's like, I think they're awesome. Because even, like, what is a creature that angels are afraid of? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, they were one of my favorite concepts in the entire show, and to this day, I'm mad that they were essentially, to my mind, just very badly used in the show. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like they they had a great sort of um, you know really evil kind of bad guy that they used, but then it just got distilled down to like a series of dick jokes. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love a good dick joke, but yeah, me uh, too. They, but they, they could have done so much with them, and uh, they just didn't. They just didn't. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they sat there and they talked about, oh, all we have to do is kill Dick and we're, the Leviathans are done for. And it's like, really? Yeah. You don't, there wouldn't be another Leviathan to rise up and take the place and lead them to be the hi- the mind of the hive mind? Really? But yeah, don't think so somehow. That, that, that entire concept just never worked for me. Yeah. I mean, yep. in some fantastical world where they had like a never-ending budget like they could have had like entire seasons taking place like in purgatory like they could have had you know taking the fight to them they could have had all kinds of like there are so many different roads they could have gone down and you know i guess that's what fix for (laughs) i mean as long as i'm writing fic and i have a place for them i will put the leviathan somewhere in my fic because i i just love that much I've used them several times and referenced them several times, and I will keep doing so. <laughs> so, yep. Yes. The other thing I loved about this one was that, um, like, Dean is a, is the witch in this one, but when he first comes to, no, like I was, the thing that I loved was that Cass was a, a, a raven. He could turn into a raven and fly around and see what was going on. And that was really cool. Um, when Dean arrived in the town, and did, was he already aware that he was a witch? I'm just trying to remember no. <laughs> back to the first story. Yeah, Sorry? No, no. Okay, because there's a point where um, where Cass like removes a bracelet or something, and all of a sudden he can feel all the magic, and I th- that was like a a brilliant scene. I thought that was really well kind of um described like he all of a sudden he he realizes what's going on and he can feel dean then Um, yes because we had um missouri who i love and even though we use her in fic so much more than they did in the show i still always feel like she's underused just because i can never get enough of her yes um but i just love that when she just like pops up and knows everything (laughs) like it should be like a terrible (laughs) cliche and like uh so like a, a do sex matter that we shouldn't use but i just love it like no i'm never going to fault a writer for doing that ever because <laughs> yes. it's it's brilliant and it's it's entirely canon that she knows everything <laughs> so okay. i'm never i'm never gonna fault a writer for doing that in the slightest so i love it so i That's just love that reasons. she just turned up and knew yeah and i'm just for the same reasons as you like she's a psychic that's canon and having her as the psychic in here was just like Oh, Dean, baby, I'm so sorry, you know. I'm sorry about what happened to your mother. How the fuck do you know what happened to my mother? I haven't even told Cass what happened to my mother. <laughs> yeah. Benny, who is the whole reason I'm up here in Barrow, doesn't know about my mother. She's like, I'm just proving the point that I know what's going on, and I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. <laughs> I also love the, love the fact, it's such like a minor background detail, I love the fact that Dean... Uh, came all the way up here for Benny and then we get like maybe two lines from him in these entire three fixes. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't love Benny as a character because I do. I actually really enjoy him as a character. But just in the context of these stories, I thought that was really quite funny. They've been locked down. They have no opportunity to actually (laughs) talk to each other. I just thought it was funny. 
<laughs> Especially as it's Benny's own fault for not telling him any of this at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sitting here like, when I when I started the fic, I'm like, why wouldn't Benny tell him? I guess, I guess he just, he would <laughs> tell him afterwards. I mean, that's one of the small things that... It, and not to take away from anybody who's reading the fic for the first time, but I will fully admit as an author that I could not figure out why Benny wouldn't tell Dean. So it just hangs there. Okay, that's fine. I think I think oh. I rationalized it to myself as I was reading. <laughs> um, because there's a, there's a line where um, I think Cass says something about uh, that when Benny moved there, um, Andrea had to give him like the whole talk before he moved there. Yeah, so like, in my head, I just went, oh, so Benny's not a native, so he's not used to having having to give people this talk yet. And um, and, and then just kind of like assumed that for myself and moved on. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, that's what it is. Benny's just not, you know, he's not used to having to. I meant that the entire yeah. time. That's exactly what it was. You got it. Thank you. <laughs> See, of course you did. Uh-huh. See? <laughs> yeah, no, Benny is not a native. Um, that, that is right, because cast set, I think the line is, at least Andrea told Benny when he arrived about the moon sickness. Because that's what they call it. They call it moon sickness. They don't call them the Leviathans unless you're actually in the town and, and live in the town. Yeah, I, I took so many pop culture references for this one because, I mean, I, not that I directly referenced it, but there's influences from 30 Days of Night, if you know that movie. Um, there's... <laughs> the conversation about how we keep telling DC about this, that's a reference to National Treasure. This one I just pulled out like all the oh. pop culture references. And then... Yeah, what, what else did we mention? Oh, we said Game of Thrones. Um, Obviously. Oh, love, I said Down to Virgin Cold, but that's... Hand yeah, like that's fan fiction. <laughs> it still counts. Still counts. It's part of our <laughs> cultural makeup. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it when, I think because it's so very Dean, but I just love it when uh, there's a ton of pop culture references and stuff in fic. It's it's part of who Dean is, so therefore any fic that's told from his point of view, it just feels very natural to have it worked into the story to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also worked in the, the sort of um, SPN references, like, um, uh, obviously the all the way through but especially I felt when at one point Cass realizes that he originally when Dean arrived he wanted to kind of you know make sure he knew about the dark and you know wanted him to be afraid of it but instead um, Dean changed him and you know the whole town and um, you know that was a nice reflection on canon I thought yep I'm a sucker for anything where Cass is a raven honestly or oh, yeah. a, a bird of some kind but whether it's a familiar or a shapeshifter or something like that but so. all right so do we have anything else to say about the leviathan series or anything you would like people to know about the leviathan series nickel um the leviathan series um i just hope people enjoy it like i said i did have to interrupt it um, I know some people, when they find my work and they go through the Storytime series, um, a lot of them are very confused by that skip. Um, but like I said, it was getting dark because it was, you know, that was the heaviest time of COVID. We were in that strict lockdown. You couldn't go anywhere. 
Um, so I had to take that break in between, but um, it is pulled out and it is its own separate series if you want to read the three consecutively without being interrupted by toddler Sam. Um, <laughs> what an interruption. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the fic that's in between them, which you actually mentioned on another podcast, which I love you guys for. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I had to have that break. It is dark in in sections of the fic. It does end up with that happy ever after. Um, so if you want to stick through it, absolutely push through it. It's only, it's less than 2,000 words total. Um, but um, I just, I do want people to enjoy it and um, I hope that they do. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it because I do like, I said it yeah. is quite, um, quite plotty really. Like there's a lot going on with the Leviathans and everything and I do like a good dose of plot with my Destiel, so enjoyable. Yes. I liked it a lot. Me too. It's got some nice, um, you know, interspersed sexy times too. So yeah. you packed quite a lot into like a fairly short um, word count there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fix that like rattles log at quite a uh, fast pace. Like it definitely is something that you could have done as like, obviously the point of this was that it was like a story time story so it's something you were doing on like a weekly basis but it's definitely something that i could see like plot wise you could have done easily like a 50k like story or something so kudos to you for fitting it into um what did we say it was altogether like just under 20 11 thousand words thousand oh. i think it's 19 something yeah i just closed the tab so <laughs> typical um yeah i think it was just over 19 so Good job. I would never be able to do that. Like, brevity is not my skill, as we can all tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, mo most of the fix in so the story time series as a whole is three hundred and eighty-six thousand five hundred ninety-one words. Wow. <laughs> um, with That's the amazing. average fic ending up about between six and seven k. But I did have there's. Yeah. I think three fixed total in the series that end up over 10k and i don't know how i did those because those were like all day fix um amazing I'm trying to think there's one i read which felt like a longer one was that part of your story time ones though the <laughs> only one in the story time series that has werewolves is are the last six because the last six are known as the Runaway series. Yeah, I think that was the one. And it's like a whole series and there's like a thing with John trying to like... Let me, let me just look it up. It'll be in my history one second. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one where Dean is a witch and Cass is a, is a werewolf and their magics pull to one another because Cass is a unique werewolf. Uh, I've read that one. In the sense um, where his pack... Yeah pulls magic from him he's like a power conduit so in this in a sense he's a familiar to his pack but then he finds dean and he and dean are compatible uh so he's um he has black fur compared to the rest of his clan except for his aunt amara who also has black fur it's like once in a generation thing do one of the wolves have black fur yeah, and so without spoiling it for anyone that's listening, that's the one where like John is a giant asshole, right? <laughs> he is a 
I mean, to be fair, I do write him as an asshole in a lot of fics, but yes, he is a huge asshole in this fic. Um, yeah, that's definitely the one I just read. <laughs> uh, I read a little while ago, I should say. John is a huge asshole, Sorry. and Naomi, who is um, <laughs> Anna, Gabriel, and Cass's mother, I feel so bad because I do actually like Naomi, but she's such a fantastic villain. Yeah, she's so good. I <laughs> love her because I just love the actress from like her other oh, work. Yeah. Like I've always loved her. I love Amanda um, Papping. But she's so yeah, she's yes. so good at that character. Like she makes you dislike her in the best way. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you love to hate her. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so good. That's yeah. just a testament to her as an actress in general. The same goes with Metatron. I I love Metatron. Yes. Yeah, I do. And he's awesome. I yeah. love him so much. And I just. And the, he's just and such a bastard. She is. <laughs> yeah. It's like. And again, that's because of Curtis, because Curtis plays that so well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like Rob, really. Like he oh, is yeah. an awful fucking yes. villain, but we all love him. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was going to ask if we wanted to briefly touch on um something so magic as well which is nickel's other um yes very familiar centric um story time series thick and that's another yep. another dean witch or witch dean and familiar cast i don't have that one pulled up but the gist of it is um a random cat shows up on at dean's doorstep or no hold on i forgot my own story for a second there um Dean lives out <laughs> oh, I have it pulled up. I can read the summary if you want. Uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead and read it. I think it's okay. just a line from it, but... Oh god, I've, I've dropped myself in it now. It's like four paragraphs. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. About halfway through cleaning and treating the wounds, the cat started to stir. It let out a very confused-sounding meow, causing Dean to chuckle. I know, right? The last thing you know, you were outside with a big bad bird swooping in over you. The cat turned to look at Dean. Aren't you a bright little guy? Sorry, I figured that out while cleaning you up. Dean tended to a final spot along the cat's rear leg. Almost done, and I, and I can get you something to eat. The cat chirped in response and tilted its head. All done, Dean held up a finger and turned his head before sneezing. Sorry, little guy, I'm allergic to cats, but you do need some strength. I'm pretty sure I've got a can of tuna or something around here. Dean wandered to the kitchen area and looked through his cabinets. The cat rested its head on its paws and watched as Dean dug through his rations. Here we go, one can of tuna. I guess it's a little cliche, but you work with what you've got. Dean opened the can and drained out the excess water. While we eat, I'm going to look for a spell to heal you up a little more so you can be on your way. Okay? So, yeah, clearly Dean finds this cat, helps him out, this adorable little head-tilting kitty. And uh, even though he's allergic to said cat, he uh, decides to try and heal him up, look for a spell to help him out. Um... I love the fact that in this fandom, all we need to do is give an animal a freaking head tilt. <laughs> we know it's best. <laughs> it's um, defining characteristic, you say. Yes. And I like the fact that um, the, the the prompt from this one, which uh, came from Crypto, I believe. Yep. Um, was just, instead of um, Dean adopting a cat, it was Dean getting adopted by a cat. Yep. <laughs> which we all know is genuinely what happens with yeah, that, the cats most of the time yeah. oh yeah 
because I, I I was completely stuck for story time that week. So I'm like, guys, throw a prompt at me. And Crypto threw that out in general chat. And I was like, all right, let's run with it. I'm like, you know what? Let's just make it a whole witch familiar thing. And, you know, we know that Dean's allergic to, or is it actually canon that he's allergic to cats? Um, the, the, it's one of those things where there seems to be some debate. Sneeze. But... I think it was the one with the, the that actual familiar um, episode because the cat. There's a guy yeah, who's yeah. cat right. in it, mm-hmm. and he sneezes when he's like, yeah. But that's the. I think that's the only time that it's ever, kind of mentioned. That's right. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that's kind of definitely canon, but then, some writers kind of forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the fandom just took it and ran. Like a few other things in canon. <laughs> we have so many things that we... We're, it, I mean, it's, it's what, 15 seasons, 16 years of a show, and it's just like, is it canon or is it fanon? Yep. Yeah, there's a few things. I mean, actually, we've come across a few of them in, in recording the podcast, actually, where we've just been like, is that really canon? I don't know. Yeah, and then there's a yeah. few of those like little like weird mandala effect moments where you're like completely convinced that something's canon, and then you're like, wait, nope, that never happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but we're all told... it's just part of the bell thing, right? The bell thing. <laughs> like... Benny never called Dean Cher. No, yeah. not even once. Yeah, yeah. Like just, it's it's just weird little things, and where they came from, who knows? But. But we like them anyway, so... We keep them. Yeah. Take them and we run with them. One day I'm going to write a PhD on um, fandom culture, like, you know, development of culture within a fandom, because <laughs> I find it absolutely fascinating. Oh, yeah. It really is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's a, a couple of people um, on Twitter who have, are working on various kind of fandom-related PhDs and... It's just so fascinating to me, everything that they work on. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wish. I wish I could do that. Yeah. But... Yeah, it'll probably never happen either. But, you know, I'm fascinated by it. Well, yeah. if I ever happen to be a writer on, you know, in one of those fantasy lives I was talking about earlier, um, on a TV show like Supernatural that's been running for so many years that I can't remember what's happened, I'm just going to do the logical thing. Or if I'm unsure about something, I'm literally going to turn to the internet and just be like, hey fans of said show who have yeah. definitely watched it and know it better than me what's the deal with this <laughs> yeah because believe me those fans know <laughs> yep they do. like and they know better than the actors too <laughs> oh yeah oh definitely to, uh, never ask anyone the actors. under the bus uh-uh. and i'm 100 percent putting a line in the contracts my actors that they must watch the show <laughs> I live the show seven days a week. Do you actually expect me to watch it afterwards? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, even if it's scary. <laughs> Sorry, but yes, even if it's scary, you must watch it if you're in it. <laughs> oh, no shade, but it's true. <laughs> All right, no, I have a question about story time again because I, as an aside, isn't it a channel that you need to have a role for to see it? Because I don't think I can see it. You did at one point. You had to have the kinky role. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure I've always had that though. Anyway, never mind. Um, I was going to ask. Um, Ellen's always it... been kinky. I'm pretty sure that she's yeah. That. <laughs> it was it was um, locked under kinky, and then about a year ago when. Um, 
they did the whole server rearrangement, um, they brought it up, and I forget where it's at on the server now, but you don't need a special role for it. There is okay. a role for story time that the authors can tag to say, hey, I'm about to start a live story. Um, right, okay. You don't need an actual role to see the channel. Yeah, it's under okay. the creative corner section. There you go. Two sections up from our own mixtape channel. <laughs> okay, obviously I don't actually read <laughs> before I ask questions. Um, I'm just giving you directions around Profound Bond. Thank you. It is podcast. a very big place. It has a lot of channels. It, it is. Yeah, oh. there is something for everybody on that server for sure. But I was going to ask you, um, do you, when you're writing, when you're doing the story time, do you write the whole thing beforehand or are you actually writing it as, like live, like as, you, as I, each sentence is coming out? I am actually writing it live. I do have a to keep myself on track i do have uh, a bit of an outline but it yeah. is 100 percent. well i guess 99 percent written live because i do have it's amazing i find it actually easier to write under that pressure i guess um when um i don't know if it's because of the limitations of the channel um granted you know discord now has if you're Nitro, I think you can like write 4,000 characters now, but at the time it was like 2,000 characters. So you can only write 2,000 characters at a time and you had to sit there and I would actually, like I was watching that little thing in the corner saying, all right, you've only got like 50 words left or 50 characters left. You got to watch yourself. It's like, oh. and then I would, um, I would post it. I would go in, copy and paste or copy it, paste it into the document that I had my um, um, outline in delete the section that I had of the outline that I had covered, see what's next on the outline, go in and then write the next section. Brilliant. So yeah, for to be able to write something live like, like this, that is so well um, kind of structured and put together, I'm extremely impressed by that. <laughs> That's amazing. Well done. Yeah. Brilliant. I actually brought a bat. So I have a, my own, I don't, it's not a, private server a few friends have access to it but i have a locked channel in my server where when i find myself stuck on writing i will go in there and i will just start typing out the story in there just because i got so you it helps it to fly <laughs> yeah it's it's probably the weirdest thing i think i did like a pav palo pav, pav, you know what i'm trying to say pavlovian pavlovian <laughs> yeah pavlovian response yep <laughs> Pavlovian thing at this point. It's like if I'm stuck writing, I will just hop over into my my private personal Discord server, and I will just start typing it out, and I find myself getting back into that groove again. And then I'm like, all right, I'm good here, and then I can go back to like the main document again. It's just it's so weird. You conditioned yourself. I did. I absolutely able to write. Hey, whatever works. Um. Well. Shall we move on to the next thing? Yes. Um, so the next uh, fic that we will talk about today is Mail Order Familiar by Amethystaris and Blue Masquerade. Sorry if I've pronounced anybody's name wrong there. Um, it was published for DCBB back in 2019. So it's 62,000 words and it's mature. Um, and it does have some lovely art as it was a DCBB fic um, the art's by Hitori Alouette 
and the summary for the story goes like this. Dean Winchester was a familiar meant for the wide open spaces of the frontier. An ad in the paper combined with the increasing pressure from his grandfather to sign a contract with a witch of Samuel's choice was just the motivation Dean needed to leave the big city behind. What he expects to find is a year of hard work and rough living cleansing the land of magics that corrupted it centuries ago. What he doesn't expect is that the witch waiting for him might just be exactly what he's been looking for his whole life. Castiel Angelus is cautiously optimistic that the familiar he's agreeing to work with, sight unseen, will be a good fit for his power. He's chosen to work on the frontier in order to escape his demanding family and their unceasing ambitions. He finds that Dean's compatibility is beyond his wildest dreams. Their bonds, both magical and personal, will be tested to the limits as they encounter the source of the corruption and seek to defeat it before it's too late. So. Yes. So this is like lovely plotty, like a fantasy crossed with like a cowboy frontier thing, right? <laughs> like a Western. Yeah. Yes. It's like a fantasy frontiery. It's, there is a lot of plot here, but like, I personally found that like the kind of slow build Destiel was like very nicely woven into it. So like you weren't waiting on the plot to wind up before you got the Destiel, but you also weren't like starving the plot and only getting the Destiel. I thought it was really nicely balanced myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah. It was definitely a thick so. once I started, I could not stop it. Yeah. I binged it all in one go, which for a 62,000 word story is yeah, <laughs> decent. <laughs> yeah. so. I loved the language in this, like the, it's it, it feels like a bit like a historical um i don't i haven't read a lot of westerns maybe we need to do an episode about westerns because i know there are a few out there but um it had like a old time kind of language to it that i really i liked i got into it once you get into it it's it, it flows really well i liked it yeah it's kind of almost like reading like historical like regency fix something like that like once you get into the flow of it it just it just grips you and goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While still feeling like it's actually Dean and Cass speaking, like, um, yeah, I think it's hard to get a modern kind of character into a historic kind of role, but, um, but yeah, they managed to bring in um, some character like mannerisms or whatever that that Dean has that made it feel like him, even though he was speaking kind of a different language, I guess. <laughs> Almost, it wasn't a different language. What am I talking yeah. about? No, you know it what makes I mean. sense. Like, <laughs> it's always good when an author can do that, can still make it feel like them, even when there are those like substantial differences. But it's still very much the characters that we know. Oh, yeah. Um, the authors for this one just... It didn't feel unnatural. It felt like we were actually there, and it felt... It, it, it was a very good fit. And it, it's not something that you see every day with magic in the in the old west, which that was just absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool because, you know, I I do enjoy like kind of western stories. Like I think they're fun. Um, it's not something that I have ever really read or had much interest in outside of the fandom, but I think because we know like canon wise that Dean is like so into that kind of stuff I don't know like within the fandom it's kind of quite a fun 
mm-hmm. kind of trope and setting to explore. Um, but I've never had really any interest in it otherwise. But I've read some really good ones within the fandom, but I've never read one before that had this kind of like magical element to it. So that oh, was really there some, I loved it. There are some amazing fantasy books that, like outside of fanfic that have this kind of feel to them. Like um, that, what came, came to mind, although it's less of the horror kind of thing, is um, the gunslinger like from The Dark Tower, you know? Yeah, like, I was going to say, I've read that more kind like of feel to sci fi tilted kind of stuff. Yeah, it wasn't um, so dark um, as that. Yeah. But also, there was another series that I read that I'm trying to think of the name of it, and I will. Um, link it if I if I can find the title but there was a guy in that who was a kind of a gunslinger type character like he had um, you know a cowboy hat I think and but he was um, mm. this post-apocalyptic <clears throat> world and he was looking after a little baby as he was going around like trying to get this evil guys out oh, it was just it was a great story oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it God, I'm going to probably think of like it, it but because it, I mean, if you put cowboys in space, I'm endlessly happy. I was a brown coat long before I was a supernatural. Yeah, thing, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's something appeals to so. the, the that frontier kind of thing, but in a sci-fi yeah. setting, or in in this case, yeah. like a fantasy kind of high fantasy, um, mm-hmm. magical setting. It's really, it's genre, yeah. genre bending. I love it. Well, once I've finished my current novel that I'm reading, which is a. Uh, lesbian werebears for anyone who's interested oh, um, wow. <laughs> once once i finish that um i might have to dig around and uh, see what i can find yeah um so we were talking about how in mine um dean was allergic to cats. dean is a cat in this one yeah. yes which i thought was a really fun he's a mountain twist. lion like a yes so he's not just like Panther a little kitty thing. cat no he, he's a big mountain lion a big they're not they're not little they're a, they're huge yeah he is like a big old cat which which is great because actually in the um the art which uh, if you're somebody who downloads stories uh routinely to read on like a kindle or something like that um which more power to you however you like to read you do it but please do go back and check out the art for fix afterwards because i feel like sometimes people don't do that and then they miss out on something and in this one um the very first chapter has a brilliant piece of art that um annie hittori alouette um did where you can like kind of see the size of dean quite easily like he comes up to cass's hip pretty much yeah (laughs) like he's he's a a big kitty the best part is though going along with that is in the fic dean's like dean has no shame in admitting like yeah i'm a big cat i like lounging in the sun i want belly pets come on give them <laughs> like there's a scene yep. where he's he's like i wonder if Cass would pet my belly <laughs> and i just I, I chuckled at that i have a soft there's just something that's so cat. very dean about that where <laughs> <laughs> he's just this big badass cat with you know could shred you easily apart with his claws but he does still want his belly pet yeah <laughs> but that, that also seems just like so in character with dean anyway because dean is this badass hunter but at the same time yeah. he has these soft spots i mean there's when they find the bunker what does he turn into he turns into a nesting mother i mean it's yeah it, it's, it's quite literally sense. his soft underbelly exactly. <laughs> like 
<laughs> he wants his soft popcorn. underbelly pet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It love was brilliant. It. it was a really fun choice for a, a, a form for him. And it makes a lot of sense as to why he would feel more comfortable out on the frontier than like in the city. Oh yeah. When he has a form like that. Yeah. So. The one thing I did also love about this fic, I know this is, you know, we're, we mostly focus on Dean and Cass here on the on your podcast and everything, but having Charlie be Gabriel's familiar. Yeah. Yes. No, I loved them that together as like friends. Like that was so good. It's so an interesting often, choice. Yeah. Interesting pairing. Yes, because yeah. so often yeah, we see it as romantic, I loved it. and it's like. Charlie's like, nah, we're just we're best friends. I'm I'm way too into the ladies to be into Gabe. Yeah, yeah no, I love that. The fact that it doesn't always have to be that yes. way. That like, just because somebody has a bond doesn't mean it has to be that kind of bond. Exactly. So I love that. I love, that. and I really do enjoy a well written Gabriel in stories because he's such a complex character in terms of how he evolved over the course of the series and how his character evolved so i really do like to see him like well written in fix particularly in au's because he's so easy just to like write at like a surface level where he's just like this kind of bombastic joker without much depth to him um yeah which is fair enough if that's the kind of like very light-hearted au that you're writing and you know it's it's just a short light-hearted thing and that's what it calls for but with something much more in depth like this to be able to like dig further into his character and like it was really he was good in this okay <laughs> i liked it yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I like it when uh you get like a good gabriel there's like two la- two levels of gabriel i should say yeah yes so, i enjoyed um bobby in this one as well i always love it when we get like um some kind of friendship or relationship between Bobby and and um, Dean or, or Sam, both usually in um, fix. Even when they're AUs, whether it's a case of them kind of being brought up by Bobby or kind of knowing him as like an uncle or or whatever that that shows up a lot in um, AUs. But in this one, I liked it because he didn't know. Bobby like he wasn't raised by him or anything like that he meets him yeah at the frontier so it is like a brand new like friendship and yet there's still that kind of almost instant like being taken under his wing and looked after and Dean allowing it and seeing something in him that he respects Mm -hmm. like so that that kind of core relationship is still there and still clicks into place almost instantly um Which I really liked that even though they weren't raised that way, the, like the core of who they were was still the same and caused their relationship to be the same, even though the history wasn't there. Yeah. And of course, the instant bonding over romance novels. <laughs> yes. Loved yes, that. I did. I love that too, especially when he was like trying to hide it, and then and then Dean's like, "Oh no, what about when this happened?" And he's like, "Oh, that's yeah, that is how they instantly bond." <laughs> I won't. I won't say one of the things that I enjoyed about it, then, because it will be quite spoilery for you. Oh, you can. It's all right. But, you can spoil it. <clears throat> well, it'll be quite spoilery for for listeners as well. So I won't. Okay, I'll avoid right. like the the big spoiler on it. Um, but I did like how the authors mirrored um, 
let me have a look at the tags. Is she tagged? No, she's not tagged. So oh, I, know what you're talking I will about. just say, yeah, so I'll just say <laughs> that I like how the authors mirrored the relationship between um, Dean and another character in canon. Um, and they did it like without, somehow without making it as creepy as it was in canon, but like. <laughs> I think but, it was creepy in a different sense. Yeah, yeah, it it worked really well for the story that they were telling and um, definitely used like everything that they had in canon to like have those mirrors there and work really well. I just thought it was inspired to like use it that way. Oh yeah. Like I thought it was very good. Yeah, without spoiling it very for, much enjoyed it. for listeners and whatnot. No, it was, that was a very pleasant twist. And I... Yeah, I liked it. I also enjoy Fix, where I don't think this is particularly spoilery to say that where we get, um, even in a story where it feels like maybe there's not a lot of Sam, but then you suddenly get like some, some surprise Sam at the end yes. because you just can't keep him <laughs> apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in this one, obviously Dean goes out to the frontier. So even though Sam exists in this universe and you are aware that they are kind of, you know, writing to each other and, and you know, they are still kind of close as brothers. Um, Sam is not at the frontier, so he's not in the bulk of the story. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say he does kind of show up later on in the story. Can't can't keep him apart for that, like, forever. <laughs> so, yeah. I do love nice. that. And uh, I, yeah, and I like the way that Sam was written. He was uh, my kind of Sam, the, yeah. way, the way he was done. I liked it. So... Mm-hmm. I actually really liked all of the characterizations in this fic. I think that was one of my, like the setting was, was great and really unique and fun. Um, but the actual characterizations were my favorite part of the story, I think. I mean, even um, Jess, who we don't get too much of in the, the show itself, like her characters, characterization in the fic was, I thought that was spot on for the little bit that we did know of her. It fit what we know of Jess and they grew they expanded upon it and, she was more than just, you know, the love of Sam's life, so. Yeah, I enjoy Fix where they give us some depth to Jess and give her, like, more personality than she was allowed to have yes. <laughs> in the short time we got her for. So, because I think she had the potential to be a good character. Yeah. If, you know. If she hadn't died, been killed off for man pain. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've heard the argument that we don't really know what kind of character Jess was because there was always the question of that she was sent to, like she was pushed into Sam's path deliberately and so we don't really know what she was really like and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, that was one of those things that we don't really even know how true that was, like what was manipulation and what wasn't you know so um i did find the name of that book by the way it's the vagrant it's by peter newman okay it's worth a read it's really really good (laughs) and there's it's like a duology it's there's two of them anything else about this story or shall we go on Yeah, yeah definitely recommend this one binged it in one go loved it gorgeous art to go with it not that we ever really say anything bad about a story because we wouldn't be covering it if we had bad things to say about it but um just go read it (laughs) it's it's really good very much enjoyed it all right so familiar man third story that we will talk about is called familiar man it's by bending signpost 
Um, this is his um, his DCBV for this year, I think. Um, it's said yep. in his yep. notes that this is his, the first DCBV that he's done. I think it was his oh. first bang, period. Wow, yeah. okay. Well, that's very exciting because we always love Benfic. Um, this one is, yeah, so it's from 2021. It only got published uh, like last month, I think. Um, yeah, it's very new. 65,000 words and it's rated mature. Funnily enough, this one also has art by Hitori Alouette. Oh. Which I, it's such a, a shock that we <laughs> managed to pick two that the same artist, but it, Annie writes Now that's that, interesting. Creates I wonder beautiful, if that's because um, in art claims artwork. Annie looks for particular things. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, but anyway, we've got two. I mean, I'm not sure which fic um, she did art for in 2020, but maybe we'll have to go and find out. <laughs> but no. Um, so the summary for this one goes like this. For years, Castile has focused on his medical degree over his magic before ultimately and quietly combining the two. As a natural born witch, he has an innate connection to magic, or rather he did. With that connection strained to the point of breaking without the help of an animal familiar to send to him, Castile's mojo has all but worn out and he has yet to find anything close to a match. To top it off, a crossroads demon won't stop pursuing him for a pact. But Castile would rather die without magic than sell his soul. As his connection continues to fizzle out, he uses all but the last dregs of his power to cast a newly crafted spell that should, theoretically, lead him to a suitable familiar. And without enough magic to cast it again, whatever animal he finds is the one he has to keep. You can probably guess who he finds. From the title. <laughs> if you haven't read this yet. <laughs> I don't know. I, I loved, I couldn't put this one down when I started reading this one. I, there's like this overall sense to it of time running out because, um, you know, Cass's magic is going to disappear if he doesn't bond with the familiar. Yeah, this one of those fics where I felt like I was reading, like trying to read faster and faster the closer I got yeah, to the end. Because yeah. I was like, yeah. It's, it's an incredible tension to it. Like, um, yeah. Like, you know that the answer is right there. Like, you we know that Dean also feels like he needs to bond with Cass, but neither of them are really getting the picture. <laughs> um, I know they're not willing to, well, at least Cass isn't willing to, um, you know, bind a human and Dean isn't sure what he's doing wrong. The why, why is Cass pushing him away? And, you know, it's amazing kind of um, tension to it. I really liked, well, first of all, I really liked the kind of, trope inversion in this in that obviously his familiar is a person and not an animal <laughs> yeah. um so that that was that was a lot of fun to start with um i also just really liked kind of the i would say the very canon version of mary that we got in this or yes. one of the canon versions of mary i could say um because I think there's probably several different canon interpretations of Mary that we could take depending on the different lives she could have had, <laughs> depending on whether she was killed or not or brought back or not. Um, but in a life where she had lived and had the kind of life she had had in this, um, that was 100% how I could picture her being. Yep. Um, and the way that she acted 
even though it's when you're reading the story and you are and you sympathize with Cass, it seems very harsh and cruel and it seems it almost to the point of kind of painting her as a villain but not but but it's not because you understand that she's doing it because she without being too spoilery obviously she loves dean mary is still a campbell so she knows kind of hunter things so to her witch equals bad there's that whole complicated cast as a witch kind of thing going on with that but it's never even though that, like she's doing those things like you can never i don't know it's a, it's complicated like most things are like mary has always been a complicated character which i like because there's far too many like 2d paper women in media so i i really like that mary was never like that personally um and that yeah. she is a more complicated character and i think that this particular fic showed that so well and that she actually yeah had to make some choices which as a reader sympathizing with Cass, were hard to read but you couldn't really judge her for personally. That's that's the way I interpreted it, anyway. Yeah, it was so. the way that that hunters thought that witches always, um, you know, made deals with demons to get their magic, and um, when the actual reality was a bit more broad yeah. than that. She's <laughs> working within her own experience because yeah. she's never known anything else, mm -hmm. um, and obviously she's very suspicious of a witch who is telling her otherwise you know yeah um especially one who, who the way that she sees it has like enchanted her son or done something you know made her son behave so bizarrely you know but at least she's got ellen and joe there to talk her down they're both acting kind of weird for most of this <laughs> most of this story um i feel like to be in this story and be an observer of these characters would have been would have been a wild couple of weeks to watch these people <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. They're very obsessed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I blame any of the characters that are around them for the concern that they were showing. <laughs> that was something that was actually I loved about this fic was was that sense of urgency and how it made everybody just stop and look at them like, what is going on with you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love that they did do that because I think that was a very like healthy example of like friendships and family and people who should stop you and go hey look for your own good no <laughs> like you yeah. know i, I think like, that's actually a really um, like reasonable healthy thing to show that like sometimes being a good friend is stopping someone and going you need to sit down and not <laughs> like yeah it was almost like um that episode where dean gets that love spell put on him and he's just like totally out of off his brain like comes into the that was kind of yeah and he's like i'm in love it sounds yeah. like yeah, all excited talking about like, <laughs> yeah and sam's face sorry i love that scene <laughs> yeah it's a great one uh yeah uh, that you had that kind of feeling to it because the two of them are like so it feels like instant kind of connection there and then they have to drag themselves apart <laughs> it's just so it's great yeah i liked that i love the layers to it because on like a surface level it's kind of funny and like you know it's, it's amusing but then you go like a little bit deeper and you're like well actually like the questions that that raises are like quite deeply concerning 
and <laughs> rest of it. But then yeah. beneath that, you know, that the kind of bond that they have actually is is something else and you know, the cast would never do that to him. Um I won't spoil it by saying how it ends up happening in the end, but Yeah. Like cast doesn't <laughs> like that's that to be clear that that doesn't end up happening that's something that Cass doesn't do um but yeah I, I kind of like that there's there's layers to it like the more you think about it but yeah then it comes the the uh, looking after them both comes from both sides too like Cass has got his coven of um Gabriel and Hannah are um yeah and um, are also witches Alfie. I do like it when and we get Alfie, an Alfie. yeah 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 I like yeah. it. He's like the junior, the, the intern. <laughs> um, but I also loved how the, de- the description of the magic uh, in that they all have a slightly different way of in, of manifesting their magic, I guess, because like Cass is like musical kind of, he hears like this symphony of life or whatever, or he doesn't when Dean's not around or whatever. And with Gabe, I think it was like colours and painting or something. So, yeah, that was really interesting way of putting that together yeah that was really cool i i think i'd seen all of those elements before individually in stories like this is how magic is you can see it in colors or this is how magic is you can hear it um but i don't know that i'd necessarily ever read a story that combined all of them with it being different for different people so that was pretty cool i love that alfred was smell yeah, that one was definitely <laughs> unique. I don't think I'd ever read that one. But that's really yeah. cool. But it kind of follows, right? Like, if all of the others were different senses, it kind of follows that he could do that too. Yes. And I did have, like, a little chuckle to myself when I read the line that, like, um, trying to work out if things smelled normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason, like, that just, like, tickled me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. Well, that all sounded, like, quite highbrow and literary that you were actually discussing that there Ellen like that you enjoyed that magical part yes I'm about to tell you that my (laughs) absolute favorite part of this story of the entire thing my absolute favorite part was fucking Crowley and just the mental image of him standing Standing on the the fucking trash bins (laughs) (laughs) peeking over the the fence it wasn't even his it was his neighbors his His neighbors neighbors yeah (laughs) So to put some context into this, um, as is clear from the summary, um, Crowley is the crossroads demon who is trying to make a deal with Cass for his soul, um, which you gave the impression will kind of stabilize um, Cass's magic, but at what cost? Um, So Crowley's a little bit obsessed. He comes across like a big old crossroads demon stalker because uh Cass is so powerful so obviously Crowley wants his grubby little mitts on him yeah. um but but the stalker thing comes across like I don't know why but I was literally just picturing him like like a cartoon villain like stalker like <laughs> peeking <laughs> around like buildings and <laughs> just like yeah I uh, just it was it was wonderful like I loved it like it was while being like obviously quite a serious part of the story there was also something quite comedic about it which i really enjoyed and especially mm-hmm. him standing on Cass's neighbors trash cans and peering over the fence to spy on Cass, and the fact that it had been noted by the neighbors and reported to the police <laughs> um, <laughs> Gabriel was... also make a throwaway line about binoculars too 
Yeah, just, oh, really? just perfect. <laughs> just That's perfect. Even more I loved cartoony. it. Just... I forgot about that. Yeah, so Crowley was an absolute highlight of this fic to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> just really well done. I like those kind of little bits of comedy interspersed because they, I don't know, they just kind of offset everything else and make the sweet bits sweeter and the serious bits more serious to me. Yeah. So. It's good to have the combination. Ben's really good at doing that all, in all of his yeah, picks. Yeah, he is. So. We love a Ben around these parts. So, You know what? I have. I think I must have read this on my um, Kindle and hadn't seen the, the art properly. They're, the art is gorgeous. I'm just flicking through looking at it. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it's like all black and white and then um, Dean, like Cassis is seeing Dean and it, he's in colour. In it. Yep. Oh, that's gorgeous. Okay, sorry, I'm just it's delighted so by I that. I love the there. picture of when they first see each other and they're like staring into each other's eyes. Like it's so like intense. Like yes. <laughs> I, I say this in the most lovingly way because I mean it with so much endearment. I got such secondhand embarrassment from it. Yeah, no, but I, I feel like you're I supposed loved to it. though. Like it's. It's intense to that level where it's too much, you know? It's well, like, Sam oh. obviously was. He was like, what the yeah, fuck are you doing? Yeah, Sam. Like <laughs> Dean, come on. You just saw the guy and then you're snogging him. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, to be Sam, just casually walking your dog and then your brother just wanders off and starts snogging this random man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the epitome of in front of my salad. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this this goes in the brain bleach tag, right? <laughs> Great, yeah. <laughs> Poor I'm just Sam. picturing Sam just like stood there with his dog, just like reaching over to like cover the dog's eyes, just like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's the other thing I love in the beginning. He's like, oh, I'm gonna have to steal their dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. That was good. Just the dog. Oh, damn it. Like, that All was right. the next logical thought. Like, well, gonna have to steal it. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I also loved, um, I have to say, there's a scene where uh, Dean goes to see Cass at work. Cass is a physical therapist, so part of what she does is, you know, involves um, kind of massage-type techniques and stuff like that. So Dean goes in with the impression that he's getting a free massage after a tip-off from somebody else. Um, and actually ends up getting one from Gabriel instead, <laughs> yeah. which um, is, is done very nicely. And he ends up with a very nice massage, but uh, it was just quite funny the way that that got that little twist to me. And the fact that, you know, Gabriel saw Dean mostly naked before, before casted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that twist. I loved the, um, the dream walking part. I love that Dean kind of just did it without really knowing what he was doing. And then, and then later thought that it was all a dream anyway, and he didn't think it had been real. Yeah, um, testament to how stubborn Dean is. That just like he wanted to do this thing, and he wanted to do it so badly that he's just going to dream walk to do it. (laughs) Yeah, just did it. (laughs) To the point where even Cass is like, "What the hell are you doing?" (laughs) Yeah, how are you here? And I like the fact that Cass basically kind of treated him like a magical toddler and like dream walked him back to his own mind like no 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 here but you stay stay don't come back now yeah no i really liked it this is is one of those stories where there could have been many 
kind of quite problematic pitfalls with like the different tropes that were involved and uh ben being ben he avoided every single one of them and subverted the majority of them and um it's another it really brilliantly that... done yeah exactly it was it was great i loved it yes there's a picture of the hot dog pants at the end too <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> i'm still looking at the art it's brilliant yeah that's gorgeous all the little There's so much art that in they this story. each other. Yeah, I hadn't seen all the ones at the end before. I don't think. I don't know if I like got to the end of the story and then like hurried along to the next one so that I could fit more in before we were done. Um, okay. I'm but good. there's like oh, one with the keys oh, yeah. where there's now like multiple keys on the the yeah. key thing where he sent him one at the beginning where there was only one key. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so and they're cute. together in the in the house and. I love the the one in front of the fireplace. The first one he sends is the empty fireplace, and then it's got the fireplace with the glass of or the glasses of wine and the pie. Perfect. That's my favorite. Oh, oh, and Dean's filling in the space on the couch that was empty before. Oh yeah, the hot dog pan. Okay, I see now. Okay, so they do Cute. act as a kind of an epilogue kind of thing, like an ending. Yeah, adorable. All right, so I know Mal that you've got a bunch of other ones to recommend. Go yeah, ahead. Go I've got a few. So I'll just do like a kind of like a quick fire round of other familiar stories that I enjoy and recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is called The Weight of a Promise by Sultan Halo. Um, it's a another kind of fantasy type story. Um, but this one is Prince Dean, childhood friends, pining. Um, and this is one where Dean and Cass already know that they are a good match um familiar and witch wise but dean's father the king sent Cass away um years before um and the story takes place when there is a masquerade ball um and dean meets somebody behind a raven's mask that he is drawn to guess we can all work that one out (laughs) but it's um (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a it's not a long story. It's it's just under six thousand words, um, but you know, Sultan Halo always writes really well. So this one is just very, you know, it's a really satisfying read for the amount of words that you're invested in. Didn't she write um, that for the PB Exchange Masquerade? Um, let me have a look. I think so because it's not. So I re- I remember that one. But yes, yes, she did. Um, so it was yeah, two thousand nineteen, and it's one of the profound bond gift exchange fix so some lucky person um was gifted this part of that you can also give a shout out to um her other which familiar one which is called such familiar magic Mm -hmm. um which is a little bit longer it's like twenty six thousand words but it's um explicit um it is also Cass as a witch and he just he finds a dog who's been injured in his garden and turns out to be both Dean and a familiar (laughs) um and I it actually that was one of the ones that I was inspired like inspired me to try and write one of these as well um because I loved the kind of build up to the the big showdown in that one it's like a really awesome kind of a magical I don't know how to how to describe there's a storm involved and it's just I loved it really really good one yes that is 
a really satisfying story. I read that one. I'm pretty sure I read that one as it was posting, I think. I yeah. don't know. It was a couple okay. of years ago now, I think. Um, but yeah, brilliant story. Definitely recommend that one. So, Nicole, did you have any that you wanted to recommend? Uh, one of my favorites is Unfamiliar by Rise of the Fallen One. Yes. It's uh, a chunky boy. Uh, no, no, that one's only short. No, that's one of the short ones. Is it? Is I mean, that it's not, not short. One of the it's, big ones? it's short by it's... Rise's standards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, which is the one I'm thinking of? Hmm. I don't think they've got is... a really long one. Unfamiliar is another one where mm. Cass is losing his magic. And okay. Dean I'm probably is... just thinking of another one of Rise's fix because most of theirs are pretty big. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. But yeah, Unfamiliar, it, um, it's Witch Cass, uh, Familiar Dean, and Dean is an owl who is afraid to fly. That's right. Yeah, it's been a little while since I read this one, but I remember it was beautiful. You know, I don't think I've read that one. Mm. Excellent. There's my reading for tonight, Sword. Okay. <laughs> it's it's very... There's times where, like, you get angry at Dean, because I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't read it, but you get angry at Dean because you find out that there's... You start off in the beginning, Cass is going to... Um, a center to go meet a familiar. Uh, it's basically something all young witches do is they're sent to the center to go oh, meet with Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. I think I have read this. Yeah. I think I have. There's a bicycle, right? Yes. Cass, Cass doesn't drive. He, he rides a bike. And he has a basket on the pool ah. that uh, when Dean is in owl form, he uh, rides on it. Ah. <laughs> I'd forgotten yeah. that. And in, it turned out, again, I don't know. I mean, it's a I don't want to say it's a phantom staple, but um, yeah, it's weird the little things that like make the pieces join together in your head sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> just suddenly, just like the bicycle story. Don't know why in my head that was filed away as the bicycle story, but <laughs> like, but it, uh, I, I, unfamiliar is one that I will always wreck for um, uh, which familiar fic. Um, the other one that we've that we we actually spoke about this one um, a few episodes ago in our I want to say our creature fic episode I think it was um, that that group of four stories by Golden Ray of Sun like mm -hmm. this one's Magic Quarantine Ride is the one with the witch in it as well and that's always um, a great fic to read so they're they're tra they're roommates and they're um, in trapped in quarantine during COVID so. Um, Cass is a witch and his his bedroom is like bigger on the inside. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a TARDIS bedroom. I love that one. Yeah, that's a great story. But if you want to hear us talking about that more, um, yeah, go back to our Creature Fig episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I have a couple more that I'll just do quick fire. Um, there is one called I've Got 99 Problems But A Witch Ain't One. Um, by Shelob's Web, um, which is three and a half thousand words. Um, it's a slightly older one. It's from 2017. Um, and it's a just a story about Cass, um, who likes going to this bar, which is like a witch familiar bar, um, which is a nice place for witches to kind of meet their familiars and hang out and stuff. 
but he likes going there because he has a crush on the hot bartender, obviously. Um, obviously. And he also keeps seeing um, this beautiful familiar um, when he goes to sit. Um, I, I assume it's quite close by. He goes to sit um, by this bench. He sees this beautiful um, bird that keeps like swooping down. Um, however, he doesn't connect the two people, <laughs> so uh, it, it's a little oh, so bit it's of, sort of a... like a two-person love triangle kind of thing. But... Yeah, almost. Like he doesn't um, like you know neither of them want to make a move. Dean doesn't want to make a move because he kind of wants Cass to want both parts of him. Um, so until Cass makes the connection, <laughs> he he doesn't doesn't want to do anything about it. So. Um, obviously it doesn't keep you hanging on very long because it's only three and a half thousand words but um, it's very cute it's it's fluffy um, it's a little tiny bit of an angst with a happy ending but it's it's very cute um, very kind of awkward cast but um, I really enjoy it, I've read that one quite a few times mm-hmm. um, and then I have, um, there's a fic called Bluebells by um, Holly Blue 2 um, where there's a story where Dean is the witch and his magic has been running out ever since he kind of moved to the city. Um, so he kind of has to take a vacation. So Bobby orders him to go to the White Mountains and just kind of soak in some like earth magic and kind of take himself away from from everything. Um, it obviously has familiar casts. Um, we have a little bit of like accidental kind of bed sharing going on. Um, strangers to lovers uh, kind of story 6,000 words very satisfying I like it um, yeah that one's by Holly Blue too mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one I've read that one a couple of times too I think that one's a couple of years old I feel like I've read that one but I'm not sure I'm have to go back and do again yeah <laughs> um, there was one that I reread um, specifically for the podcast um because it was one of those ones where I, I knew that I'd read it and I couldn't remember what the title was, so I spent like <laughs> quite a bit of time trying to track this one down. Um, it was a fic called Wild Touch by Quills and Ink. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a story where Cass is a plant witch um, and he finds an injured deer in the woods. Um, the deer turns out to be Dean. Um, Dean has some issues. <laughs> Dean um, is is running away from a lot of things. Um, Dean is very stubborn. He does not want to be tied to a witch. Um, definitely has some issues. Um, definitely got some kind of lonely, kind of sad cast in this, um, and uh, some kind of trust issues going on. But it does end up very happily. Um, let me see. It is 13,000 words. Um, it was published in 2020. And it's by uh, Wild Touch by Quills and Ink. I really liked it. Like the, the, the kind of hurt comfort aspect of it is, is really nice when, when Dean is hurt. Um, it does actually have some kind of quite, quite nice um, plot in it for the length. Um, and it's, it's just actually kind of quite cute as well. I really enjoyed it. Oh, and it also has lovely art by um, Freshy, which is nice. Uh-huh. So, so was it a bang? I'm wondering. Yes, it was. It was from the 2020 Perfect Pair Bang. That's why it's familiar. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
two more, but I'm going to let anybody else volunteer no, first. No, I'm just, I just I'm keep talking down a list forever. And I, act, I actually haven't read many of these fics at all, so I've got, I'm getting a huge list here of things I need to read. Okay. So go on. Well, if anybody would like a just a very fun, fast-paced, kind of smutty, um, explicit, um, familiar fic, there is one by um, Station, which is called Voco Familiarum. Um, it is 54,000 words, was um, completed in 2020. Um, so this has a dean who thinks he is straight, <laughs> wizard dean, um, casts the summon familiar spell, expecting a hot woman like Sammy got with his owl Jess, um, and definitely does not get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he gets um, Castiel, um, who is a cat. Uh, they're definitely not amused about it and, until they eventually are. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it, it's great. It's a little bit of a, there's like a, a mild aspect of like a, a kind of gay panic, but it's not so much a panic as a, okay, well, this is pretty hot, so this is fine. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's just a, a kind of fun, smutty take on the fic um there's there's some 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 plot and some stuff happening there but um anybody familiar with station's work knows what they're getting into with this they, they write a lot of um kind of very hot fun fics like this um so there's that one um and my final recommendation that i dug around to find um was a reverse bang from back in 2016 um which was one um, by Haruka17. So this is a story um, called The Gift, and it's a story about um, which Cass, who is kind of afraid of his own powers, um, and Familiar Dean, they are, it's also like a soulmate sort of story, um, and it's just over 8,000 words. It's called The Gift, and because it was a perfect pair bang, it also has some really, really pretty art in it. Um, I think the art is actually by Miss LV, who also, I think, used to be a writer if it's the same person. Um, mm-hmm. But there it gets some really pretty art in this one as well. Alright, so the final story that I am going to mention, and I will flag at the beginning, because it's only fair to do so, that this story is not yet complete. However, I do know that it does have an ending outlined. <laughs> <laughs> and that the the author does know how this story is going to end, and I know that because it's one of Ellen's. <laughs> um, so, this is a story that I am absolutely in love with, and I do mention it to her on like a semi-frequent basis. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably mildly annoying about this story because I love it. Um, so. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong because I've just realised I don't think I've ever said this word out loud before. <laughs> I don't think I have either, actually. It's one of those things that I, like, I read it, but I don't know if I pronounce it correctly. Oh well. So, Felix in Eternal, I'm going to say. That'll um, do. <laughs> yep. So, the summary is, it's fall, and that means Castiel's best friend Charlie is obsessed with Halloween. At least he made a new friend at the pumpkin festival that Charlie dragged him to. A black cat with bright green eyes. But a few days later, the cat shows up at Cass's door, and strange things start happening around him. This Halloween may just turn out to be a lot more supernatural than he ever thought possible. So, we know I love plot in my stories, so you can assume 
there's plenty coming <laughs> in this story. Um, but there's also just a really satisfying, like, slow burn Dean Cass kind of thing going on here that... Uh, so close. So close, Ellen. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so yes, this has been posting for a while, and it we're not quite there yet. So if you choose to read it, you need to, to know that going into it, that we're not quite there yet. Um, but it's it's not an abandoned story. So mm. it, it's not, you know, something that isn't going to end. It's just one that hasn't ended yet. Yeah, see, the um, problem with me is that if I don't have a deadline... Rephrase that, I'm... please. There are no problems with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> my problem with the story is that... Um, no, there's no problems with the story. I, it is it is completely <laughs> outlined. I just have to do it. You know how when you've got other things that keep taking priority and I keep signing up for things and this gets shoved to the side and, yeah, I will do it. Like when you have <laughs> annoying friends that sign up for bangs and then, like, sidestep over and go, hey, do you want to write this with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just as guilty of that too, but... Um, yeah, it is. I do know what's coming. I just need to write it, the words down. <laughs> yes. So you just yeah. need a few extra days in your week, which I relate to heavily. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, uh, this fix got a special place in my heart because it's, it was sort of the reason why I started posting it at Halloween was because we had like friends of mine who actually went to a pumpkin festival and met a cat there that wouldn't leave them alone. And um, so, and I love the idea of Dean as a cat anyway, because he, you know, knocked the angel statue off the thing and he <laughs> just things that he does that are very cat He is anyway. cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, I love writing it. I just um, need to do it. <laughs> so everyone feel free to poke me. So there has to be a Tumblr, like gift set somewhere of Dean as a cat right like that's, oh i that's hope a, so i'm sure i've seen something like that yeah yeah, yeah so it's got to be out there like gonna have to find that <laughs> yes so i try to add as much cat dean to it as i can when as i'm going along so um yeah it's got there, there are five chapters posted and you know more to come so yeah and these are a decent length uh chapters because you've got almost twenty four thousand words posted already yeah Anyway, I'll get this. You will get that. I have absolute faith in you. Because, uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I need I need the ending. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's 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 good. There's a, a satisfying plot as well as the satisfying Destiel. So, but even though it's Thank not you. quite done yet, I couldn't not mention it as it's my favorite familiar story. So, oh, thank you. Had to be mentioned. Promise I'll All do right. it. Well, I think that's all of the fix we're going to talk about. So links to all of those things and all the other things we've been talking about today um, can be found on our website, which is mixtapebookclub.com. And you can find there also um, all the ways that you can get in touch with us if you want to tell us about a witch and familiar fic that we missed or anything else you'd like to tell us about. Um, you can find us on social media under Mixtape Book Club. And you can email us, contact at mixtapebookclub.com, or you can join us on Profound Bond Discord server in our own channel there. 
as our next episode will be the first of 2022 we will be doing a quick review yeah it will be a quick review because i remember our last episode <laughs> we did on this we prattled on for ages <laughs> um, <laughs> let me revise that statement entirely <clears throat> as our next episode will be the very first one of 2022 we will be having a discussion of our favorite fix of 2021 um yes. so if you want to let us know what your favorite fix um published in 2021 um, were let us know on the blog or in our channel on Profound Bond um, before before the end of the year. Um, and we will have a look at those as well. So thank you very much, Nicole, for coming to talk to us. Oh, thank you for having me. And, you know, if, if there's anything I ever fit again, I would love to come back. Yeah, of course. Oh, um, it's you, been a joy to talk to you. I was going to say earlier, and I forgot all about it, but I'll mention it now. There's a, You're um, putting together another quarantine zine again that's coming yes, up for sale in the next few that. weeks right yes it'll be coming out on the 20th i finally got access back to the twitter and tumblr accounts so oh, good <laughs> yeah no that's why i haven't been doing any publicizing because i've been fighting to get them back uh, i'm not sure what happened right. um and i don't want to throw anybody under the bus i don't know what happened i maybe i did just forget the passwords or what happened but um i didn't have access but i got them back posted today and tomorrow or I posted today and I'm going to post again tomorrow but sales will start for that on the 20th of December and all mm -hmm. proceeds will go to the ACLU awesome, awesome. so um, make sure you stay tuned for some awesome zine full of fic and uh, artwork it's not all Destiel, right? No, it, it's it's a mixed bag. Uh, it does lean yeah. heavy towards Destiel because, let's face it, in our fandom, I mean, 100,000 plus fix. Um, Destiel is, you know, the largest uh, ship in the fandom. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I know personally I will have a Sabriel fic in there. Um, we have a couple of Gen fix that will be in there. So it's uh, it's got a little bit of something for everyone. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we put a link to it, um, the Tumblr and that, in, in this post as well. So, yeah. And if I can get well. a couple of minutes this week, I will ha definitely have a story in there too. <laughs> awesome. Brilliant. I just have to finish it. I'm um, the same way. I've only got about 500 words in mind. So, um, but that's the one yes. benefit of being the person who puts it together is I can wait until the last minute to put mine in there. Yes, yes. The <laughs> deadlines don't apply. No, that's good. Yeah. Fine. Um, he takes care of the art and I do all the writing stuff. That's great. And the ones we've that, that have been published so far have been brilliant. So we're looking forward to seeing what this holiday kind of winter themed one comes comes out it, like. It's not going to be as big as the other ones were because um, the first one was, I think, 68 pages and the second one was like 72. I think this one's only going to uh, track out to be maybe about 50, but it's, you know, it's a small one for the holidays. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. I had to excuse myself from this one because my head has not been in the game. Okay. I hear so, that and relate to that completely. I, but I've, I've now got the like terrible FOMO issues. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I really wish I was. But I mean, if you want to be another one, out, hopefully. <laughs> if I manage to do it this week, I will ping it into your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you, and you're very welcome back anytime. So, thanks, Nicole. Thank you. 
Um, and thank you everyone else for listening and we'll talk to you again very soon. Happy holidays. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Thank you. Awkward (laughs) finger guns to you too. (laughs) Um, Everyone knows now. They know what's going on in the background. I know. (laughs)